Hi, this is Glenn Riker with Our Top Spots, Episode 2. And uh, I almost was late to our show today. I thought it was scheduled for 9 o'clock Central Time. And I did a quick check to make sure microphone headphones worked. And it said on the studio uh, monitor that we were starting at 8 o'clock. So I apologize to those on Instagram that I posted that we were starting at 9 this morning. What we're going to do is uh, on this live interactive podcast, it's all about you, our listener. This is on our second podcast, so I'm not sure how many listeners we have out there, but we're going to pretend like we do. And this episode on our top spots is all about Sleeping Bear Dunes, which is located in the upper northwest corner of the lower peninsula of Michigan. Um, I've lived in the Midwest a long, long time. I went to school at Michigan Tech University, go Huskies, in Houghton-Hancock area of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And I had never heard of Sleeping Bear Dunes until a couple years ago, probably four or five years ago. I started hearing, I don't know, even where I heard it the first time. But I heard about Sleeping Bear Dunes, and then I started seeing, I think it was USA Today or Good Morning America, said it's the most beautiful place in America. And I'm going, okay. Uh, the most beautiful place. I stood in the valley at Yosemite, been to Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, Grand Tetons, Glacier National Park, um, Moab, Utah. All these places are gorgeous, and it's a pretty big claim to say that it's the most beautiful place in America. But I got to tell you, after being there uh, and seeing the unparalleled beauty if it's not the most then it's got to be at least one of the most beautiful places in america and i think a lot of that has to do with the lack of development um one of the reasons why we're doing these our top spots started off as e-cycle travel because we have e-bikes road bikes and we started we like to go to destination bike trails where we can ride 40 50 miles in a day we don't necessarily like riding on the road too many distracted drivers, so we do a lot of bike trail rides. And when we started looking at Sleeping Bear Dunes, one of the things that attracted us to it is also has the Heritage Bike Trail, which is a 22, currently a 22-mile bike trail. And we're, we live in southeast Wisconsin. Sleeping Bear Dunes is across Lake Michigan from us uh, and a little bit north. And we had a couple of options as how to get there, as any of you do, whether you're traveling by motorcycle or car uh, or even by boat on the Great Lakes. And we could either go through Chicago. I love Chicago, but I don't like your traffic, but I love Chicago. So another option was to take ferries. We have two ferries that go from Wisconsin to Michigan. There's a high-speed ferry, which comes right out of Milwaukee, that is a... uh, catamaran if you will it's got two hulls and all the cars are carried in between obviously enclosed it's not open like a hobie cat or anything but it's a catamaran so it's very high speed i think top speed is 35 40 knots something like that then we have a steam-powered ferry out of uh, manitowoc farther north and it takes i think it's four hours to get across high-speed ferries two hours those are two options now, is it less costly to just drive your car down around there and up to Sleeping Bear Dunes? Yes. 
but we love taking ferries, whether we're in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, taking the ferry from Hatteras to Ocracoke, whether we take the ferry from New York or to Vermont. Uh, whenever we get a chance to take ferries, we love to do it. We had moved back here to the Midwest from the East Coast about 10 years ago and had never been on a high-speed ferry. Um, so we decided to take the high-speed ferry right out of Milwaukee. And we took the – it only has – depending on the time of year – in the height of the season, they have two trips over, two trips back, two or three trips over, two or three trips back. And they have one less when you get later in the year. We went in September. We went after all the, you know, after everybody's back in school and all that kind of stuff. We don't have any, all of our kids are adults, so we don't have to worry about being in the school. But we took the, we took the high-speed ferry out of Milwaukee, and it's not – inexpensive um of course as my father i said there's nothing expensive you just don't have enough money um so it with our taking our car and our bike rack on our car and our two bodies i believe it was around 560 dollars uh round trip over and back um we didn't want to drive either way and then from there it's only about an hour and a half two hour drive up to sleeping bear dunes and we opted for the I think it was 6 a.m. Uh, excursion out of Milwaukee. We get down there early. It was still dark, but it's real easy in Milwaukee. Just we've got great interstate system here in Wisconsin, especially that time of the morning. No traffic. Got down there, second or third in line. They have a nice interior waiting room if it's like raining out or something. And what they do is, uh, when it's time to load the boat, they just ask the drivers of the cars to go back out to their cars. And any passengers just walk, you just walk right down to the boat. And their staff is great at the high-speed ferry. They walk you, um, they guide you right down to the boat, parking in there. And I don't know if it's because it was an early trip over or what, but the we only were about half full. I don't know how many cars they can carry, but they can carry a lot of cars and motorcycles, as we experienced on the way back. And uh, take you in there, go upstairs, and it's, not a cruise ship, but inside is a huge cabin. They have a VIP cabin, which you can pay a little bit extra for. And then they have the central cabin. So you've got to buy one of those two options when you buy your ticket for the passengers. But there's great, comfortable seats, big windows. They have movies you can watch on the way over. You pay a small fee for the headphones. They have a small cooking area where you can get, uh, you know, donuts or uh I think eggs, that type of stuff. So it's uh, it's a real nice trip over there. I wanted experience being outside, so I went up to the upper observation deck. Now, they say high-speed ferry, and they mean high-speed ferry. This is not your cruise ship that's just going along 10, 12 knots. And as soon as they get out of the breakwater in downtown Milwaukee, we used to do a lot of sailing down there inside the breakwater, pretty big area as soon as they get outside they just put the hammer down and the jets intakes just suck the water in the front blow it out the back and it's impressive to see that if you go to our website uh, we have some videos and links to videos of that of that when it takes off my wife and i cheryl we went up took the stairs up top and there's nobody up there and it was blowing so hard my wife goes yeah no i'm good i'm gonna go back inside top and i'm six foot four 200 
50 or 60 pounds, depending on how much pasta I ate last week. So I'm a pretty big anchor, but I'm also a pretty big target. And I went and stood on the front railing, kind of like Titanic movie. And I got to tell you, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Because one, there's nobody else up there. Everybody else is nice and warm inside in the cabin. I was standing up on the observation deck. They're going at whatever their top speed is, 30, 35, 37 knots. And it's kind of weird because it was relatively smooth when we went over there. No bumps at all. And they said that I asked them how big a waves to go out on because in Lake Michigan, you wouldn't think it, but we can get 20, 30-foot waves in Lake Michigan in a big storm. And the boat, the ferry will actually take 20-foot waves, but the passengers won't. So they'll only go out if the waves are up to six or seven feet. After that, they have to cancel the ferry ride. But I stood up there, and I had to hold on to the front railing. So there I am holding on to the railing with one hand, shooting video with my iPhone in the other hand, and it is just ripping. I was up there for about 30 minutes. And what was great about it was it was, sun, it was time for sunrise. So I actually got to watch the sun come up on Lake Michigan uh, as, we cross, as we were heading east towards the state of Michigan. It was really a cool trip. Uh, one other woman came up there when I was up there. She was smaller, so she was kind of <laughs> blowing around. And they have uh, a seat. They have a big fiberglass seat across the back of the front top observation deck. You can sit back there. Um, and then on the way, we'll jump ahead here a little bit, but on the way back, when we took the ferry, we found one of the one of our tips for the high speed ferry is on the back of the boat there's a uh, a bench maybe twenty feet wide that can feet seat maybe twelve people back there and it's in the sun there's not much noise from the engines. It's fun to watch the the propulsion of the power of this boat as it pushes along. And we just sat back there on the way back when we, after we were coming back to Wisconsin. Um, it's great. Just go back there, grab a couple of seats before other people do. And it is a great time sitting back there. Um, when you come in uh, to, you actually come into Muskegon and you come in through a little canal and the captain of the boat gives one big blast of his horn which I assume is the only note, only message he needs to send out to the tons of fishing boats that are sitting in the canal. Like, hey, we're coming. Time to pick up those fishing lines or move over a little bit. Because there literally, literally were 40, 50 fishing boats at the canal. You go into a smaller lake, and then they unload you one, two, three, and it's right onto a four-lane highway taking you up to Sleeping Bear Dunes. I highly recommend whether you take the the old school ferry farther north in Wisconsin, if you're up in that area, or if you're in Chicago or coming up from the south, hop on the high speed ferry in Milwaukee. It is a fantastic trip, and you, uh, we just highly recommend it. Great staff, uh, great thing. Like I said, does cost car and bikes around $500 round trip. Um, on the way back, the, it was full. All the cars were the, were on there, and then probably. 30 motorcycles and they do tie them down. They have straps there. You bring your own straps and you will tie your uh, motorcycles down. We had smooth passage both ways. I could see 
uh, a row of bikes getting knocked over if they weren't tied down, if there were some bigger waves. Um, that's how we got over there. Once we headed up to, we got over there, like I said, it's a four-lane divided highway. I tell you, within about half hour maybe of Sleeping Bear Dunes in Glen Arbor, then it goes to two-lane, but it's gorgeous scenery, easy access. And um, it, it was just a great trip to get up there. Now, there's lots of small towns. There's no big town there. The biggest town you'll pass on the way is Ludington, where you, I think they have Home Depots and Walmarts and that type of thing. Um, there are a lot of little gas stations because there's people who go up there snowmobiling, fishing year-round. So there are a couple of pretty sizable gas convenience store kind of places on the way up there. Um, and we did stop for gas at one of them. Great people. When we got up there, uh, we had reserved, did a lot of research to see where we go. When we go on vacations, we like to stay waterfront whenever possible. We also usually take our little getaways on the off season so that um, or the shoulder season they call it um, right after their prime so we pay half of what you normally have to pay and there's not many crowds and we went midweek so we did some research we found this condominium resort right on the lake gorgeous view of sleeping bear dunes um, it was a nice place but I'm just gonna say it's a little dated uh, lots of stairs. If you go to some of these resorts there, a lot of stairs. If you've got to transfer your luggage, I think we had 30 or 40 stairs to our condo, and we're on the lower end. Honest to gosh, there's probably 500 stairs to the condos up high. Um, but you look out our deck, and you had a perfect view of Sleeping Bear Dunes and the sun setting it over it every night for the four or five nights we were there. You're definitely paying for the view, not necessarily the the lodge that you're staying in. We had a two-bedroom condo, even though there's just Cheryl and I. Uh, but we did cook some of our meals in. just helps to save a little bit of money when we're cooking in. And Cheryl has to be a great cook, so that makes it <laughs> also beneficial. Um, and uh, so that's that's where we stayed. The only other drawback was, since we do bring our bikes with everywhere we go, there was no place to secure our bikes. We have a great Thule bike rack for our e-bikes, and it is lockable, and there's only five cars in the parking lot where we were, but we like to bring them inside. Some of the other places we go, like up in Door County, um, they have a great place to, kind of as we say, they have a dedicated place to put your bike rack, your bikes inside. Um, but that wasn't available here. So our suggestion when, you go, when you're looking for lodging in the Glen Arbor area is just to look at um, Airbnb. We looked it up after the fact, and there's some great places to stay on Glen Lake, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Glen Lake is gorgeous, clear, beautiful lakes that used to be part of Lake Michigan until over the centuries sand washed in and now – they're their own lakes, and there's big sand dunes between there and Lake Michigan. But I'd recommend going to Airbnb, checking with uh, some of the local realtors on Glen Lake. Or if you like to camp, if you like to camp, there's a great place called the um, the, the DH Day Campground. And for all this information we're talking about today, we have these on our website. If you go to ourtopspots.com and go to our travel guides, 
we have an interactive downloadable PDF that has links in the PDF to all the things we're talking about, to Airbnb, to Glen Lake, to the Heritage Trail, Traverse City. If you don't want to stay in Glen Arbor, Traverse City is maybe a half hour east. That's where we're going to go this year, we think, on one of our trips. Traverse City is fantastic. Uh, there's lots of wineries in the whole area. There's lots of wineries in northern Michigan. I guess the the lake helps to keep the temperatures relatively cool in the summer and warmer in the winter. Uh, great soil for growing things. Uh, so there are a lot of wineries up there. So Traverse City is also another place you can check. Like I said, all these are on ourtopspots.com. Go to our travel guide. And you can download the PDF for free. We'll be developing more of these travel guides as we go. The first day we pulled in, and I think we pulled into Empires, where the uh, on Highway 72, as you approach Empire, the Philip A. Hart Visitor Center. Um, very helpful people. It's not a big visitor center. We pulled in. There are a few cars, a few campers. Probably 50% of them had bicycles on them because the Heritage Bike Trail. You can actually hop on it right there, start there in Empire. But lots of bikes on the cars. So we first have to fill Heart Visitor Center. Um, they have an air station there to if you need air for your bikes. And the, the staff inside was very helpful. I'm now looking at the map right here. Uh, you can probably hear me flipping through this. The map that they gave us, and they circle the places that you have to go stop on um, the Pierce Stocking Scenic Drive, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, that was the first place we went because we, I think we got up there like on a Wednesday or Thursday, so we wanted to go there before there might be any more crowds. And when you go there, they circle the places on the map. Like, okay, if you're going on Pierce Stocking Drive, there's 12 or 15 stops on Pierce Stocking Drive. Let me look at this. Nine. Okay. Looks like there's maybe nine highlights. There's 10 on Pierce Stock. Oh, no, there's Pierce Stocking Drive over here. I'm looking at the wrong things. Uh, Pierce Stocking Drive. <clears throat> there is a fee to get into Pierce Stocking Drive, however, if you have a National Park Pass, which we have, uh, it's obviously free. Sleeping Bear Dunes is a national lakeshore, of which there are three in the country. National lakeshores, and they're all here in the Midwest on the Great Lakes. There's also national seashores, like out in Cape Cod, Cape Hatteras, our national seashores, and there's several of those in the country, too. So our first day, we stopped, we went to Sleeping Bear Dunes, and it's uh, about a seven-mile loop, I think, on the road, and it's really nice. It's um, You go in there, and let me just see if I can find exactly how many miles that is, but it's, it's a couple-mile loop, and it's great because they have all these pull-offs and you'll see things like Glen Lake. There's a big Glen Lake and a small Glen Lake. You can see from there. Um, but then they have this view of the, of the dunes where you get out and from the parking lot to the dunes is maybe, uh, maybe 500 feet to the dunes. And this is where it takes your breath away. Because I picture like Southern, I've been to Southern California as a kid, uh, and everybody has those pictures of those big rocky ocean coasts that are so dramatic. 
And what makes Sleeping Bear Dunes so impressive is it's the same steep slopes, but it's sand dunes. And you're going, why don't they just wash it into the into the Lake Michigan? I don't know. But it's very steep, 500-foot-tall sand dunes that are almost straight up and down into there. And you stand on, on this point, and they have a deck that you can stand there, and you just look far to the right. You see the Manitou Islands. You look south, and it's just like Michigan and endless, beautiful uh, sand dunes running into Lake Michigan. And in Pierce uh, Stocking Scenic Drive, <clears throat> in this view, there's a big sign. Once again, this is on our, our on our website that says, climb the sand dune at your own risk. You're going, okay. It's a 450 to 500 foot sand dune that's got to be at a 45 degree angle. The people literally look like ants when they get to the bottom and they have a sign that says, you know, climb at your own risk and you may incur the cost of rescue. Because <laughs> you're going, well, how hard can it be? There are people doing flips, hand flips, you know, partially down this until it gets so dizzy they just stop. Obviously, it's easy to go down, but it can take two to three hours if you're in good shape to come back up. We watched a young, two young couples had to be in their mid to late 20s. They were laughing about going down there. We were at this stop for a while. They got to the bottom, and there's a big guy, like six seven. He looked pretty good shape. Well, his wife, girlfriend, and the other couple were coming back up, and he was dragging just dragging him. People are like joking about taking a bet. Well, he's coming back up. They're going to have to rescue him. Um, we left. They were still only about a quarter of the way up the sand dune, but it is impressive. That's where you see it. And they have, if you can hike, if you like hiking miles and miles of trails in this area, sleeping bear dunes, where you can walk through the dunes. Uh, it's, and it's great because a lot of places like when you go to the outer banks, they don't like you walking on the dunes because they're very fragile down there. But here you can walk all through the dunes. They actually have a dune climbing area, not to be confused with the one at this one stopping point. But they do have a dune climbing area. It's maybe a 100-foot dune that you can climb at when we parked there with our bikes one day. There must be an area, a day camp or destination camp there. All the kids piled out, and they were running up the dunes. Um, but even that looked like it was a pretty good workout. And... Um, Sleeping Bear Dunes, I said, we're only in this area for about three days. There's so much stuff to do in Sleeping Bear Dunes Park. If you're a photographer, bring your camera, and you will take hundreds of great photographs, whether they're now or in the summer, in the winter, at night. Just absolutely beautiful place to go. Sleeping Bear Dunes, uh, like I said, it just takes your breath away. It is one of the most beautiful places there. Um, in the Sleeping Bear Dunes there's a place called, called Glen Haven Historic Village <clears throat> when we drove in we drove it's kind of on a dead end you drive down to dead end road dead end dead ends at Lake Michigan of course and we saw it the first day and we didn't really pay attention much to it the, other, the next day we were taking our bikes out we, we parked in the climbing dune parking lot which is a gigantic gigantic parking lot you have a motorhome lots of room you have a motorcycle lots of room to park uh no problems at all and, they, and on the pierce stocking scenic drive they have places for some motorhomes hopefully you're a really good driver because there are some tight spots 
it's a one-way, one-lane road as you drive around uh, Pierce Stocking Scenic Drive. So as you get behind some of his slow, just sit back, enjoy, and savor the moment because it's a beautiful drive. But this Glen Haven Historic Village, <clears throat> we didn't see till we got on our bikes. We got on our bikes, and if you like riding bikes, we parked in the uh, climbing dune parking lot, like I said, and I misread the trail map. I go, oh, let's head south on the bike trail. Well, 10, 12, 15% grades, we had electric assist bikes, so it wasn't too hard on us, but it was still some serious hills. There were some people that were walking their bikes up these hills. So we rode that down towards Empire, and then we turned around and we came back and we went north and east on the Heritage Trail. And we came into Glen Haven Historic Village. We go, oh, this is really cool. And it was an old combination fishing village, service villages. Uh, boats went along and they had steamboats back then. They needed wood. They would stop there and get their wood for their ships or if they needed something repaired. There was a, excuse me, a blacksmith shop. And there was a life-saving station. That's a museum right there. We didn't get time to go to that. It's supposed to be great. But the blacksmith shop, um, there were two blacksmiths, a man and a woman working in there. And it's interesting. I didn't know that at national parks, they have volunteer positions, where if you volunteer X number of hours per week, they will give you, they will provide you with a spot for your motorhome, for your, for if you have a tent. And so it, you exchange the, for staying in their campgrounds, for working in different positions, whether it's a blacksmith or a greeter or a guide, whatever. But I wasn't aware that was even an option with these national parks, but that's how they control some of the costs is by having volunteers. <clears throat> and in Glen Haven, we got off our bikes. We like I said, we're on the Heritage Bike Trail, got off our bikes at the blacksmith shop, went in, said it was midweek, so there's nobody in there except for the blacksmiths and one other couple. They were watching. They were. It's an active workshop. They will make stuff. And during the courses, we said, you know, can we buy something from you guys? You go. Well, technically, you can't buy it from you, but you can make a donation to us. Because we like to buy something really cool at each place we go, or and or we like to find one key picture that we like take. Actually, just with our iPhone, we used to have all the Nikon digital cameras and stuff, <clears throat> but now. We take our pictures with our iPhone for the most part. And at the end of each trip, we'll find one key picture, get it blown up on greatbigcanvas.com, and hang it on our wall. Instead of looking at albums you'll never look at. Nowadays with smartphones, you'll take 3,000 pictures in a week, and you won't ever look at any of them. So we try to be selective in the pictures we take, first of all. And then when we do find a good picture, we mount it on the wall and it's a great conversation, people. We have pictures from Virgin Islands on a 40-foot sailing boat um, that we were on. And we have pictures of the sand dunes at Sleeping Bear Dunes or Outer Banks and that type of stuff. Um, so a great big canvas does that. But at Glen Haven Historic Village, the blacksmith said, sure. So he made us this triangular trivet slash dinner bell. You can beat it and call people in for dinner. And I think we made a donation of like $30 we put in there because it was well worth that. If you bought that in a store, it would be more than that. 
Um, but it's really great. So that's another inside tip. You go to the blacksmith shop, ask them if they can make something for you. You may have to, we actually came back for it later in the day because he, we started making it and then there were other people in there. So he was explaining stuff to them. And also the woman that was in there, the woman blacksmith <clears throat> and we went and rode our bikes a bit, came back, watched him finish it up. We have a picture of him making it, a video of him making it. Uh, so it's just really great. That's a tip at the blacksmith shop there. And right next to the blacksmith shop on the Heritage Bike Trail is the DH Day Campground. <clears throat> right there in Glen Haven, Lake Michigan, fortunately or unfortunately, is crystal clear like the islands now. Thanks or no thanks to the zebra mussels that have come in and they're just a huge filter system. So they take all of the nutrients out of the lake, starve the single cell algae, and the water, uh, it looks like you're in the islands. Uh, we live right here by Lake Michigan. We have clients on Lake Michigan. We're actually landscape architects and contractors. <clears throat> and you stand at their house on Lake Michigan, and you have your polarized sunglasses on. We take their jet skis out 20 feet deep. You can see the bottom. You can see the shipwreck. There's a shipwreck right up here by Harrington Beach State Park. But the water is crystal clear and in Sleeping Bear Bay right here is by Sleeping Bear Dunes. The water even looked clear. I don't know how that's possible, but it looks like it's just somebody took vodka or gin, opened up the bottles and just poured it in and it's that clear. So it's it's just a great, great place. Now remember this is supposed to be an interactive podcast, so if you are listening, we realize this is only our second episode, so we may not have any live listeners. But down the road, that's what we're driving this for, for live listeners. If you want to call in, the number is 646-668-2622. That's 646-668-2622. And we can answer your questions about Sleeping Bear Dunes or other places we've been. Um, You can also go to OurTopSpots.com and download our interactive guide to Sleeping Bear Dunes. It's a PDF. You can download it for free, no charge, and just click on... Uh, all the things that we've talked about. We've got links to everything in there. All right, so we've talked about the dunes. We've talked about uh, Glen Haven Historic. We ate at a couple of great places. We, like I said, we cooked in, saves a little bit of money when we're out riding. Um, and we ate places. One place we stopped at was we like we like uh, the local places, <clears throat> not the chains. And first place we stopped at was Arts Tavern. We're started back in 1934. If you go to their website and you read about them, it's an interesting story how it still survived to this day. Um, and they have indoor and outdoor seating. When we were there, we sat indoor. Um, and they have all the pennants from colleges. I graduated, graduated from Iowa State University, Cyclones. Um, and I was checking, and sure enough, they had the Iowa State Cyclones pennant on there. And the organizational side of me goes, wow, I bet these things get dirty. Well, you know what they do? They take them down once a year, wash and clean everything. Um, great, great place to eat. Uh, great comfort food. In North Point, for one of our day trips, we stopped at a place called Tucker's. And on the uh, on Instagram, if you follow us on there, the first picture from today's, uh, promoting today's podcast is of French fries and this dressing that they had I could have literally just drank the dip for the french fries um it is the best dip that I've ever had they have pizzas hamburgers they have a bowling alley in there um 
Tucker's in North Point. If you have a boat, you can just have a huge marina. You can stay in the marina. And uh, it's right on M22. You see a lot of people in this area wearing hats that say M22. That's Michigan Route 22, this beautiful drive in that area. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, North Point's probably a half hour from Traverse City. Uh, great place to eat. Um, and uh, we ate, I thought we had one other place that I was going to highlight that we ate there. Um, I don't have it in the PDF. But there's lots of great little places, restaurants to eat there. Um, and if you want a little day trip, like I said, you go over to Traverse City, Michigan, and you can eat there. There's wineries you can go to. My wife loves wine. I don't drink. Some people don't eat green beans. I don't drink. Um, so she's always got a designated driver so she can go taste the wines and I can drive and she's happy. Um, and we have a safe trip as we're doing that. We also like to look for day trips when we're at places, things that we can do. And we almost didn't do this one. Um, there was a little bit of rain one day, so we had we had took two day trips. We were up to, like I said, four or five days. And one day we just had to go kayaking. When we lived out in Pennsylvania, we used to whitewater and flatwater kayak. Um, we started off whitewater kayaking. I got tired of seeing my wife pass before my eyes going through Class 3 rapids on the Lehigh River. Um, so we went to flatwater kayaking, much more peaceful for me. And there's a place called the Crystal River up in northern Michigan, up in Sleeping Bear Dunes area. And we looked at it before we went up there. and We thought, ah, that might be a nice thing to do. Um, And we're trying to find, actually, Crystal River. It seems like Crystal Rivers pop up wherever we go. Cheryl's mom lives in Florida. There's a Crystal River down there that we went snorkeling and scuba diving in. Um, but the difference between Crystal River in Florida and Crystal River in Michigan is there are no alligators in Crystal River in Michigan. <laughs> no alligators, just salmon heading upstream from Lake Michigan. Um, we did see an alligator the first time we were snorkeling in there, but I asked the lady, I said, well, I don't want to be the person that gets killed by, you know, goes on vacation in Florida, gets killed by an alligator. She goes, oh, no, we take the big ones out. <laughs> okay. So what's a big one? She goes, well, if they're four feet or smaller and we see them, we pretty much leave them alone. Yeah, well, a four-foot alligator can still bite something on me. So uh, rest assured, there are no alligators in the Crystal River in Michigan. We pulled in, um, easy in and out. We pulled in, parked right there on the side of the road, and told them we wanted to go on a paddle. They, We told you can get sit-in kayaks or sit-on kayaks. We know from experience that sit-in helps you sit a little bit lower, less chance of tipping over. Sit-on is a little more dicier. We didn't know what kind of river the Crystal River was. In the end, either one would be fine because it's a, it's like a Disney ride float. And it is – it's just – it was really cool. They took us up. They put the kayaks on the trailer. We hopped in the van with the driver, just Cheryl and I, took us up to the where they put in. We put in, once again, Crystal River, crystal clear, just like Lake Michigan. Beautiful, beautiful place. He didn't have to give us any lessons because, like I said, we've kayaked for years. Excuse me. And we just started paddling. And what immediately uh, surprised us was, if you've ever done kayaking, the things that you're scared of are things called snags or strainers. Snags and strainers are 
big trees that have fallen across the whatever you're paddling on stream river creek and it if the water's really flowing they can they you know are a huge risk to your safety if you get caught in a strainer and you can't get out of it but the water flows so slowly in the crystal river there's lots of these cedar trees that have fallen either across, partially or all the way across the stream but they've done a great job of pruning them away so there's a big large safe passage area but each of these trees for the two or three hours that we were paddling each one is more like a piece of sculpture than the next one because cedar trees if you're familiar with cedar trees they have peeling bark um, very artistic kind of like an Ansel Adams kind of tree would want to take a picture of these trees and um, you end up just paddling around them. You really can't get get caught in these. Uh, it's peaceful. About halfway through the paddle, we had we caught up to some people and we paddled through them. It's really very narrow. Um, you have to wait your turn to like find an area that's wide enough that you can paddle around somebody. But we got there just Cheryl and I, and we just stopped paddling, and it was truly dead silence. Couldn't hear any highways couldn't hear any planes, couldn't hear anybody talking. Um, all you could hear was the soft ripple of the water as you're paddling, uh, as the water went through these snags. Uh, some of these trees, the whole roots were uprooted, and they're like 10, 12 feet tall sticking up, but the roots are magnificent. I'm glad I didn't have my phone with because I would have been taking pictures every 40 feet along the river going, oh, look at this, look at this. Oh, wait a minute, what about this one? Another shiny object. Um but it was it was just absolutely beautiful. And then some of the cedar trees had fallen into the Crystal River and were obviously under the water. The Crystal River uh, really is no deeper than three or four feet. And most time it's only a couple of feet deep. I would think that in the summer when, if they don't have enough rain, that it might be, you might have some places where you'll walk. But under our boat, most time there's only a couple of feet of water. Um, so it's very safe if you should fall out of your, kayak you're not going to drown or anything you just fall out of it stand up go okay i'm good um, i don't think there's any place that's more than waist deep in there and it's very slow moving so we paddled through there and it you know you end up right back at uh crystal um, i think it's crystal river outfitters is the name of the company once again on our pdf we have a link to them um and i they're very reasonable we whatever the price was we uh, we paid as maybe $30 a person or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, just paddle right back there. Your car's right there. You don't have to get in a bus and go anywhere. Got right in our car, gave our, checked our boats in and we were good to go. So that was a great day trip for a shopping day trip up here in Sleeping Bear Dunes. You need to go over to Leland and Fishtown. Fishtown has been, let me get the dates right on this. I think, Fishtown has been a fishing town, hence the name. Okay, we're not talking rocket science here. Fishtown has, uh, dating back to the 1850s, looking at their brochure here. Um, it just says, Glorious sunsets over Leland Harbor, the chug-chug of ferries from the Manitou Islands, which we'll talk about in a minute, cutting their way through the waves of the home port. The scent of Lake Michigan rolling over the fishing shanties of Fishtown dating back to the 1850s. 
Fabulous meals serve waterside galleries and boutiques. The feel of silky sand underfoot uh, and a visit to Leland fills your senses and leaves you wanting more of this picture-perfect Lake Michigan Harbor town. And it is cool. Once again, we have pictures of there. Um, and it's well, the day that we happened to be there, which was a Saturday, there was a car show, a classic car show, which was also a highlight. All these beautiful cars. I have a picture of a 52 Jaguar, black Jaguar. It's magnificent. Um, but they have all kinds of cars that were on, on show that on that on show that day, and um, Fishtown has great shops uh, right up on the main street. We didn't know where to go. All these arts art galleries, uh, fantastic things you can buy in there as a as a memory. So a must stop is Fishtown in Leland. You have to go there. Um, the, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, yeah, we picked up a couple of prints from there by local artists, and uh, it's you can charter a boat. Once again, if you you know you're up there to see Sleeping Bear Dunes, but if you we thought about chartering a boat and going out fishing uh, in Lake Michigan. One of the things actually when we were on Crystal River, we were paddling down there. I forgot two things about Crystal River that brought up fishing. This woman was paddling in front of us, and there's this huge splash. Scared the heck out of her. She put together quite a combination of words. She apologized after the paddle. Um, <clears throat> but it was a salmon that was coming upstream from Lake Michigan because we were there in the fall. They always swim upstream. So there's a huge salmon there. Um, so you can take charter boats and go fishing for salmon out there. And right there in Fishtown, there's a dam, and the salmon jump over it. And they were just starting the time of year when we were there. So that's another really cool thing to see in Fishtown. Um, let's see what we're, what else I missed here. Fishtown is great. We went up to Northport. Um, kayaking. There are, there's just so much to do in that area. Like I said, we were only there for three or four days. And we went up there to ride our bikes um, but it doesn't matter if you're on your motorcycles. Very scenic roads for motorcycles up in that area. We saw a lot of motorcycles. Um, easy access for cars. There's uh, several, if you just want to kayak on your own, in the Sleeping Bear Dunes uh, area, there's a couple of other rivers. Uh, I think they're called Platte River. We can just put in and paddle. So a lot of kayaks up there, people... Every car either had kayaks, bikes on it, it seemed like, because there's so many great things to do up there if you like outdoors. And for those of you who like to shop or go to the wineries over towards Traverse City, you can do that as well. Uh, Sleeping Bear Dunes was a great trip for us. It is truly one of the top places, uh, one of the most beautiful places in North America. I know a lot of people refer to the Midwest as flyover, which is fine with us that live in the Midwest because we have some great places in Michigan, Wisconsin that are absolutely gorgeous, Minnesota. And this area is one of them. Traverse city. I'm looking at a map here is on the other side of the peninsula from Glen Haven and Glen Arbor, but Sutton's Bay, Northport, Leland, which has Lake uh, Leland which has lots of boats, lots of people, water skiing, you can do that on Big Glen Lake. Like I said, if you're if you're looking to um, rent a place through Airbnb, 
I'm looking at the wine events. They have a whole page of wine events in the area. Uh, so it's a great place. Like I said, it worked out great for us. Um, we had a great time there. Uh, if you want more information on Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, which, like I said, you can get in if you have a um, National Park Pass or it's $20 to get in for that into the Pier Stocking Drive. Uh, go to OurTopSpots.com, and we have a downloadable interactive PDF. In the future, remember that this is a live call-in show. As we get more listeners, we have people that listen to it post-podcast that find us, but not many people find us live. So we're trying to find a time, usually Saturday morning, where people can listen to this live and call in. We will have guests from these areas. Or this fall, we're, la- we're launching our Top Spots Partner Program, where we'll be working with restaurants and shops to have special offers for uh, people that buy our packages. And uh, it's going to be a great program. We're really excited about it. So this is Glenn Riker with OurTopSpots.com. We appreciate you listening to our podcast today. And our next podcast will be, I believe, in two weeks. And we'll be talking about the Interurban Bike Trail here in southeast Wisconsin, our home turf. One of the reasons, one of the things that brought us to southeast Wisconsin when we moved back to the Midwest was the Interurban Bike Trail. We wanted to be near a fantastic bike trail. And the Interurban and all of southeast Wisconsin actually has interconnecting bike trails now that you can pedal forever. And that'll be our next uh, podcast that we do. Said so Cheryl sometime is going to be here. Today she is at a Pilates class. So she is not in the studio. This is Glenn Riker with rtopspots.com. And remember to always root for the underdog.